Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. We're going to go right back out to the Raider Nation guest line to welcome in a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show's, uh, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. You can follow him at P. Gutierrez ESPN. Uh, Paul, first of all, thank you so much uh, for spending some time with us uh, in the huddle. You were there on Saturday. It was quite the show. I'm sure uh, the Raiders are happy. Raider Nation is happy. I'm sure the NFL is ecstatic uh, over in New York after watching uh, the show that uh, that got put on and the taste of what is to come uh, here in Las Vegas. Uh, but, but Paul, what, what were your, um, your, 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 your takeaways not just of the game necessarily just yet, but but the atmosphere and the show that El- that Las Vegas and the Raiders put on on Saturday. Yeah, Vinny, thanks for having me. And it's not every day you can go to a Raider game in a Carlos Santana concert. Right <laughs> now, right? I mean, it was it was epic. I found myself sitting there, and, and you know, we've talked about this before. I'm a UNLV alum. I grew up in Barstow. I used to go to Vegas all the time growing up, and and to see see it actually be real. And you know, we covered real games last year, obviously, but to see it there, the vibe, the fans. Uh, 50,000 plus people packed indoors, having fun after what this world has gone through over the past year and a half. I mean, it was epic. Um, that was the number one takeaway, just on a human standpoint. And then from the football standpoint, again, um, not every day you go to a Raider game and a Nathan Peterman showcase <laughs> shows right. up either. So it was it was wild. It was just it was everything you, you you never thought a preseason game would be. But again, it was everything I anticipated a Las Vegas show being because way back when when people talked about pro sports coming to las vegas and they would ask me as a unlv alum what makes the most sense in vegas oh is it the nba is it baseball is it hockey hockey's done well obviously i always thought it would be the nfl because nobody does an event a show like las vegas and what is more of a show than nfl sundays paul Um, i am i'm I'm so glad sorry to interrupt i'm so glad that you mentioned uh unlv because uh back in the day um you know when when unlv basketball was riding high and flying high and it wasn't it didn't get much higher than than unlv basketball but in addition to the great teams that they put out on the floor the the atmosphere at their games the show that they put on and the show that was the 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 environment was unlike anything that we saw in college ba- college sports ever. There's nothing that will ever, I don't believe, replicate it unless UNLV is able to replicate it. Um, but that atmosphere that was created, unique as it was, is that something that, that you know, maybe the Raiders can, can ascend to here? I mean, not exactly the same, but there are right. there some elements of this market that can translate uh, with the Raiders now here? Yeah, well, the, the market has no doubt changed. I mean, it's funny, you know, as an alum, you look back and go, okay, well, UNLV basketball with LJ and Stacy and Greg and Anderson and J.R. Ryder and, you know, riding high. And, and, and you think, oh, what was that, about 10, 15 years ago? No, we're talking three decades ago yep. now, right? And the people that were bankrolling the program, and I use bankrolling very, very loosely as an <laughs> alum, <laughs> but, you know, Gucci Row. Nobody else had a Gucci Row in, in, in college sports. Um, you didn't know who was going to show up. And I know I'll drop some names here that the millennials may have to look up later. They'll have to Google them. But you didn't know if Sugar Ray Leonard was going to be sitting courtside. You didn't know if Evander Holyfield was going to be sitting courtside. Uh, MC Hammer uh, would show up to games. Walter Payton showed up the night that UNLV demolished Duke in the, in the championship game in 1990 and gave the pregame speech to UNLV. UNLV basketball was a happening. 
And anytime you were in the Thomas and Mac when that place was rocking, it was 18,500 in close quarters. I had never heard a building that loud before. Now, uh, you got to extrapolate that out to 65,000 when this place is completely packed. That's going to be a different animal. And it's a different fan base because the people now that have the money, so to speak, and can quote unquote bankroll a program like Raiders football by, by buying into the PSLs and the season tickets and taking out the second mortgage, things like that. Those are the people that were the students that were the kids when UNLV basketball was going. So in terms of just that vibe, I think that's the connection. Um, but you're looking at a time from UNLV basketball when it was literally the only show in town. You know, I talked to Reggie Theus. He said, yeah, they go out to dinner at night and Lola Falana would know who, she, who he was. You know, and that was, that was a different time. And, you know, you've had Willie on there to talk, Willie Ramirez from AP to talk about old school Vegas. That era's gone. But what this, the Raiders can tap into is that vibe without becoming overly cheesy or cheesy at all. You've covered the Raiders for many years uh, and, and been up in the Bay Area for many years. And I know we're always going to get those comparisons. Uh, I lived through it when the Rams came back to Los Angeles and St. Louis was, you know, taking their shots from St. Louis. So it was better here. All, all the, you know, we didn't do it like that in, in St. Louis, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going to ex- have to expect that there's going to be some of that element um, that happens this year. It's going to be a year long, a season long thing. I can almost guarantee it. Um, but from, from your vantage point, having seen it in Oakland and, and seeing it first glimpse on Saturday here in Las Vegas, have, do you notice any differences uh, that jump out at you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's a show, right? I mean, it's obviously it's a football team, and they want to win games, but we're also talking preseason, and otherwise you wouldn't see Nate Peterman throwing the ball 39 times. Right. right? So, but on top of that, they've raised the bar so high. I mean, you've literally got a rock and roll Hall of Famer putting on a concert at halftime of a preseason opener. Granted, it's the opening, the first time they're letting fans into the stadium, but that bar is, is extra high. Now, guess what? We've got the biggest show in town rolling in um, next month with Monday Night Football. How can they top that, so to speak? I mean, the killers? I mean, okay, well, they did it last year, but it's a different kind of an animal. Um, and it's funny, you know, you and I, we talked to the same people in the organization, and and, uh, you know, we've both written about it. But, you know, when Mark Davis decided to make that move to Las Vegas, it couldn't be solely about the football team. It's definitely Raider-driven, but it's not Raider-specific in terms of what that building means, what um, the atmosphere is like. It's literally this intersection of Raiders history and Las Vegas history meeting, I, you know, <laughs> ironically enough, at the corner of Al Davis Way and Dean Martin Drive. And yeah. I don't think it, you can explain it any better than that. That's that's so true, and uh, it, it it will be a balancing act. But I think yes. I think the Raiders have a pretty good idea of how to um, manage that balancing act because, like you said, there's the Oakland aspect, there's the Los Angeles aspect, there's Raider Nation, there's the Raiders, there's old school Raiders, there's Al Davis, there's Mark Davis, uh, and now there's Las Vegas, which you can't ignore. You have to, that's that's the future. Uh, but, but not taking anything away from anyone and making sure everyone feels a part of this is, is going to be interesting to see moving forward. And here's why I say that, too. When the Rams, I have to mention this, when the Rams came back from St. Louis, it was almost like, I don't want to say that they were completely divorcing themselves from the St. Louis element, you know, that th- those years, but it kind of felt like that. Whereas with the Raiders, I feel like they are trying to encompass everything 
about their past and 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 kind of uh, you know lodging it together with what they're trying to do for the future. Well, it's because they have their forever home now, right? Yeah. And, and the difference with the Rams is the Rams left and then came back home. You know, it's to, to to make it more you know apples to apples here would be like what was Oakland like when the Raiders came back from LA in '95. You know, they they recognized that they were on a 13 year sojourn down to SoCal, but at the same time. You know, and Mark Davis would be the first one. I'm sure, he, you know, you probably got the text at the, the night that the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl that the Raiders are still the only L.A. team to ever win a Lombardi trophy. So, and there's a lot, you know, you also got to be real cognizant, real um, supportive, and, and just know that there's still a lot of hurt feelings. There's a lot of fans in the Bay Area that, you know, they didn't just lose their team once. I mean, they lost them twice. And now they're down there in a place, you know, the den of inequity, all this wickedness that goes on down there yeah. where, you know, Dionysus would hang out and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it is a balancing act. It's something that, and again, I'll go cheesy Vegas here. It's the kind of act you see um, at the old circus circus, right? <laughs> Somebody walking the tightrope yes. trying to figure it out. And that to me is what was most impressive was I felt like I was in Vegas, but it didn't punch me in the face. Right. The football punched people in the face and that's where the punching is supposed to happen yeah definitely and and you know of all the you know t- talking about the raiders the rams and and the chargers leaving san diego to go to los angeles i think of all th- the three different franchises uh getting you know out of their previous markets and what they had to do to prove uh it wasn't working in those previous markets i always felt like the raiders did the best possible job in terms of, you know, trying to explain it without just burying their fans uh, in in Oakland. I don't necessarily think that was the case with the Chargers or or, or the Rams. And their their situations were a little bit different as well. Um, So, and I think in doing that, the Raiders definitely salvaged that relationship with their Bay Area fans, whereas I can't necessarily say that, Paul, about the Chargers with their San Diego fans. I think a lot of the San Diego fans just said, you know what, we're kicking you to the curb, uh, that's it, and we're not supporting you anymore. I think the the Raiders did a pretty good job of, of keeping ta- intact some of those fans in the Bay Area. Is that, would, wh- how would you, would you say that that's fairly accurate? No, I, I, I think that's spot on because, you know, without sounding like trying to carry anybody's water or anything, but having covered this team for so long, there's, the fan base, the Raider fan base, truly is a, a global kind of a brand. You know, um, you go to Spain, you'll you'll walk in Las Ramblas and you'll see a Raider jersey pop up. I don't think you're going to see many Charger jerseys uh, over there in Spain. Uh, you know, things like that. Yep. So, and the fact that they have moved around, they have been a vagabond uh, franchise. They do have fans in L.A. They do have fans up here in the Bay Area still. Um, and Vegas is a destination. I mean, you know. When the Niners left San Francisco and went to Santa Clara, that was a culture shock. Even though it was, you know, it was still within an hour drive or whatever, but it was just different. It wasn't the same. And I, you know, I covered that team and it went down to Levi Stadium in 2014, so I saw that, I felt that. And as a young, young, young kid growing up in Barstow, I was actually a Ram fan. So it crushed me when they moved to Anaheim. You know, because I was a huge Ferragamo fan, Wendell Tyler, Colin Bryant. Those were my guys as a kid. But then when the Raiders moved to L.A., my dad had always been a Raider fan. He's always trying to convert me. And then the Raiders move, and I'm 12 years old, you know, starting to feel myself a little bit. And you're like, oh, 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 okay, that's what this <laughs> is about. And then you got Tom Flores and Jim Plunkett, two Chicanos that are, you know, running the, running the show. I was like, okay, I'm in as a fan. Covering the team, obviously, is a different animal, but it, you're able to kind of go back and hearken to those feelings that pulled on your heartstrings and see exactly why this Raider brand um, is so much more far-encompassing 
than, say, the Rams, the Chargers, um, maybe even the Niners on Sundays. Yeah, without a doubt. And and people don't understand unless you were there. Uh, that, that move that the Rams made in 1979, I think it was, going from yes. the Coliseum to Anaheim, I know it's only, what, maybe 30 miles? I, if, you know, yeah. something along those lines. But it's just... It's on an it's it's the opposite end of the world. Different world, exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure the same thing with the 49ers uh, and, and Santa Clara, without a doubt. All right, Paul, we got to get out. We got to get to uh, what happened uh, on the field. As you mentioned, Nate Peterman uh, throwing it uh, a bunch of times, uh, unheard of <laughs> in a preseason game, but circumstance kind of led led to that. Right. Um, what were your let, let's talk defense real quick. Uh, Nate Hobbs obviously showed up. I thought Trayvon Morg had a good game. Um, decent game for his first start. It was kind of weird to see guys like Clee Farrell being on the second team uh, defense, Carl Nassib, Nick Kwiatkowski, but a, a sign of, hey, there's some there's some decent depth that might be uh, uh, created here on, on defense. Uh, your thoughts on, on, on that side of the ball and the depth maybe that we're seeing. Yeah, and that was the interesting thing there was to see Clee Farrell out there, but also uh, Carl Nassib. Yeah. And Nassib getting the, you know, again, it's 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 impressive to me when, he plays that it's no longer that big of a story. And that's the way it should be, in my opinion. I know we're objective journalists. We cover the story, but the first openly gay player mm-hmm. uh, in NFL history is out there playing. And it's like, oh, he just got a penalty? You know, nobody's talking about the other thing. Right. Uh, you know, and, and that's great because he already addressed it and talked about it, and, and we'll go from there. But that, to me, was just seeing how more, much more freely he was playing out there. You know, I asked him that day if, when he, when he spoke to us, if, you know, finally being able to just be who he was was going to unleash something on the field. And he said he thought it would because he felt like he let all this weight off his back. And I'm not saying, you know, based on one preseason game against a second or third team tackle uh, from the Seahawks, that's probably not going to be on the roster in a couple of weeks. You know, that's the tell-all be-all. But I was watching him to see, and he looked like he was just playing a lot more freely. That roughing the passer penalty was unbelievable mm-hmm. i couldn't believe he got yeah, that yeah pearl looked like he was doing a lot of good things but that hobsack man that hobsack i jumped out of my seat because it was so pretty <laughs> it was old school it was dare i say charles woodson knocking the ball out against uh, tom brady in the tuck rule game it looked like that it felt like that i know he was coming from the blind side but that was a pretty thing and and again being a unlv guy seeing javen white show yes. up because we've seen him take a lot of a lot of shots at guys that uh especially guys like Foster Moreau did not take kindly to in camp. <laughs> he finally was able to hit somebody else. And, uh, you know, he, he led the Raiders in tackles with six, um, five solo. So that, to me, is where it shows the depth. And who knows if Javen will be on the 53-man, the initial 53-man. But to me, that shows there's some depth there. Um, it shows that they're buying into Gus Bradley's system. Um, but, again, you can only, it's a very, very, very small sample size in a preseason game against second and third stringers also. Without question, and that, that that's something that you know everybody needs to keep in perspective. But I thought Javin looked like a, a, a different guy out there. You know, confident. He looked like a veteran, yeah. and you know, yeah. technically he is at this point, but a very young veteran. But he he definitely uh, showed up, as did a, 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 a number of guys. I thought Damon Arnett. I know he didn't make the tackle on that on that one pass, uh, but <laughs> yeah, he was showing after showing us his guns and how much. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh no, exactly. <laughs> but he was where he was. He needed to be. So that's a step exactly. in the right direction. And you know. Yep. Uh, you go from not tackling for months and months and months to time to tackle, you're going to probably get a little sloppiness uh, in, in that regard. Um, if you're Damon Arnett, just being where he needed to be, I think in the future he'll he'll wrap up and make that tackle. But uh, I, to me, that was, was a good sign. Uh, last question, um, go to the offensive line. Andre James, uh, Alex Leatherwood, the rookie from, uh, from Alabama, they got 
pretty extensive playing time for a first preseason game, uh, the way the the game kind of unfolded and, and how many snaps the offense got. Uh, but any first impressions on, on the two young linemen? Kind of hard to, to make any snap judgments. I don't know John Gruden even said so himself. That, you know, what he saw he liked. But what, what I wanted to see was how those two guys would react in a real situation, game situation, playing next to the guards that are actually going to be playing with them. You're not going to throw Richie Incognito out there. You're not going to throw Denzel Good out there, even John Simpson at this point. But that's what I want to see. I want to see how they react playing next to somebody that, hey, this is a guy that's actually going to have my back in a real game when, when, you know, when the snaps are live and things like that. Um, other than that, I thought they acquitted themselves fairly well. I mean, they didn't. To me, that's the thing about offensive linemen. If, if they don't show up, then they're doing their job. If they do show up, that means they got beat, or they're beating the heck out of somebody down the field. Um, but you know, it was it was a good first game for both of them. Um, and like you said, you, you go months without doing anything, and all of a sudden it's live, and you're going out there and, you, and you're trying to impose your will, while at the same time trying not to get hurt uh, in a new situation. So, um, looking forward to seeing more of it. And I'll tell you what, with these these joint practices with the Rams, this is when the test is going to come because a lot of fans can't wait and, and, and want to see them play against the Rams on the field. Like, eh. The real competition is going to be in those joint practices, as you know. Um, that's where it's going to get hot and heavy, and we'll see how these guys really handle themselves against. Oh, yeah, what's his name? Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald, and, and uh, it might get heavy, but I'm not sure hot. I checked the weather report. <laughs> 77 degrees, I think, was what I read, uh, was, the, uh, was the high uh, in Thousand Oaks on Wednesday and Thursday. So I think we're both pretty happy to to have read that uh, and and hopefully that is going to be the case but paul uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle i will see you in thousand oaks um this week and obviously los angeles this weekend uh, take care of yourself uh, safe travels uh, to los angeles and i'll, I'll see you uh, in a couple of days my friend Sounds good. And if you see Ferragamo, point him out to me so I can uh, get him. Hey, if I see Paul, yes, if I see, if I see, if I see Vinny, I will introduce you to him. You'll, you'll, greatest guy in the world too. Greatest guy in the world. Hilarious. All right, Vinny. All right, Paul, take care, man. That is Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Butter. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Uh, you know, I, I, I got to look at the tape to see exactly, but, um, you know, I was very pleased from what I saw down on, on the sideline. That's John Gruden talking about the mystery man. Who was John Gruden talking about right there? He was actually talking about Alex Leatherwood, the rookie right tackle from uh, Alabama, who uh, I thought um, handled himself perfectly fine for a rookie making his first start, NFL start. I know it was only the preseason, but uh, trust me when I say that atmosphere on Saturday was very NFL Sunday night, Monday night football-like. It was electric at Allegiant Stadium on Saturday, and there were a bunch of hungry players on the other side of the ball uh, that wanted to get after it, trying to win jobs, trying to uh, solidify roster spots and roles. Uh, Anybody that you go against at this level is going to be pretty darn good. News alert, shocking news alert. This is the NFL. Every guy out there uh, brings it uh, in a way that's just you know, you're you're just wow. You just understand. You see it. You notice it. it it's 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 obvious. Um, not to say that any of those guys are going to be all stars or all pros or, or or anything like that. 
Um, but they're good, capable football players. And for Alex Leatherwood to kind of step in seamlessly and and uh, uh, handle himself the way he handled himself, a good step in the right direction, a positive step in the right direction for the Raiders' young uh, offensive tackle. And I think that that's kind of the theme of what we saw on Saturday, which just kind of affirms what we've been seeing over these last few months, going all the way back to OTAs. Um, I just, the, the work ethic of this team, the character of this team, the professional of this team, the leadership of this team, it's different. It's a different feel to the Raiders than in years past. I'm not, uh, casting any negativity on any of the Raider teams that preceded this particular, uh, uh, team, but it's a noticeable difference from from what John Gruden and what Mike Mayock have put together here compared to where certain rosters were in the past. It just is. And it's okay to acknowledge that that's why they're here. That's why they were hired. They've tried to make it a point to really focus in on good people and good players, guys that are hungry for football, guys that want to play, guys that you don't have to – kicking the butt day in and day out. Look, we all need that from time to time. I know I do. You know, you don't you you don't always have your A game. You don't always feel like, man, you know, going to work or, you know, uh, but once you're there, you have to be there. And sometimes you need a little bit of a, you know, uh, a pick-me-up. And sometimes that's somebody, you know, uh, with a bullhorn screaming in your ear, it's time to get going, let's go. And that happens from time to time on the football field. We'd be kidding ourselves if we didn't think that that was the case. That's why coaches are there. Yes, it's to teach. Yes, it's to instruct. Yes, it's to game plan. Yes, it's to scheme up. Yes, it's to develop and all those type of things. But it's also to motivate. Guys need to be motivated. Um, But... There's a whole bunch of guys on this team, and I think the Raiders have made a concerted effort to to make this the case, make this be the case. There's a bunch of self-starters on this team as well. There's a bunch of guys that you don't have to always be staying on. What did uh, John Gruden talk about a, a month or so ago? Those energy vampires. We all know what he meant. There's no more energy vampires. We know what an energy vampire is. We've dealt with energy vampires, whether it's in our work life, our personal life, it's school, uh, wherever there's any kind of uh, you know a collaborative effort, and there's that one or maybe two or you know you hate to say it, three people that are just sucking the life out of the whole room because they constantly have to be dealt with. I talk to a lot of teachers. I have a lot of friends that are teachers. Uh, my my uh, parents, my, my mom worked at a high school. I know a lot of teachers. Um, and that element of having to deal with those one or two kids in a classroom that are just not there for the right reasons, not you know, uh, engaged, always, you know, working against the grain and, and being problematic and teachers have to deal with those students in terms of trying to keep them in line, trying to make sure that they're not that big of a distraction and it sucks the life out of the room. And you have, you know, 28 other kids that are there to learn and do the right thing and, and, um, you know, put 
what they're learning to good use because they've got a future. They've got um, you know plans for themselves, and they want to learn, and they want to do right, and they want to make the most of their time while they're there. And they're doing it for all the good reasons. But those two guys, or, or not guys, I shouldn't say that, two students, two troublemakers, uh, that the teacher has to spend an inordinate amount of time managing and staying on top of takes time away from the kids that are there for the good reasons and the right reasons. It's no different sometimes on a football team or a baseball team or a basketball team. There's sometimes, um, you know, those, those kind of head cases or, or people that are just trying to work against you rather than with you. I remember a few years ago, this is, you know, more than a few years ago, I guess, Talking to Jerry West, the, the former Lakers general manager, and I was talking to him about uh, the offseason a certain team had, right? Yeah, hey, what do you think about what, um, you know, such and such team did? And we're just talking, you know, I had interviewed him about something else, but I was just curious, what do you think about, you know, what, what, what this team did, you know? And he's like, I hated it, hated it. <laughs> what? You know, so he starts kind of giving me the reasons of why he felt like, that team went in the wrong direction uh, during their offseason. Then he gets to this one particular player, all right? And sorry, can't name names, but this player, um, who a lot of people know, uh, was a guy that by that point in his career, this was probably, you know, the team that he was that he was uh, going to be playing for that following year. I want to say it was his sixth or seventh team, you know, in the span of X amount of years, right? So Jerry West said... Um, Vinny, he goes. How many how many how many teams did did so and so you know play for you know? Just tell me how many how many teams. He knew what the answer was, but I don't, I've looked it up. It was seven seven teams in how many years, Vinny? So you know, like I don't know nine ten years. He's like, what is that? Seven teams in ten years. What does that tell you? And I was like, what? And he, before I even had a chance to 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 answer, he's like, because he's a knucklehead, and he didn't use knucklehead. He used something much. I can't. Just, I can't say what he said uh, on the air. I hate knuckleheads. They drive you nuts. They suck the life out of a team. Uh, they're problematic. You know, they're, you're always having to deal with them. It takes away from everybody else. You know, and so he was going on about that, and and it, it's so true. And when John Gruden talks about not having to deal with energy vampires, dudes that are just trying to. For whatever reason, whether they're doing it um, on purpose or whether that's just how they're wired and it happens because of how they're wired, but they suck the life out of the room and it drains you having to deal with them, especially when you know you have a bunch of other good guys out there that deserve your attention, that deserve your time, and that don't deserve that, okay? And those are team killers is what they end up being, team Killers. I don't know who John Gruden was necessarily talking about in terms of energy vampires. We can take guesses uh, as who that they might have been. But the point is, I don't get that feeling with this team. I don't get the feeling that there's some guy, some knucklehead, uh, or multiple knuckleheads that John Gruden and the coaching staff have to just deal with on a daily basis basis. And I remember, you know, Derek Carr talked about this too. He's like, if you don't, like they're at the point now, and this is a, a, 
a, a good sign for the Raiders. Sometimes you're in a position as a team where you got to put up with some shenanigans because you just don't have a better option or you're desperate uh, or you you, you got to fill that spot and you don't really have somebody that you're confident can can get it done. So you know that this dude is kind of a knucklehead, is going to be a handful, might suck the life out of the room, might be an energy vampire uh, in the long and short of it, but he's going to be able to give us some snaps, all right? The best thing about where the Raiders are right now, I don't think they got to put up with that kind of stuff anymore. I don't think they're in a position where they're so desperate to fill a position that they're going to have some knucklehead fill it. I think they want to steer entirely clear from that element. And that's a sign of strength. Anytime you have to make decisions in life from a position of weakness, from a position of desperation, from a position of, I gotta, I may have to do this because I really don't, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Always be in a position in life where it's your call. It's your call. You're making it for the right reasons, not the not not making do because you have to, because you've put yourself in that kind of a situation where you're so vulnerable, uh, so desperate that you have to settle for something that's less than the best. And I think the Raiders, and I'm not, you know, forget talent. I'm talking about just people and um and and character and i think you're starting to see that i know that a lot of listeners have talked about um you know just watching the the interviews that we do with these players and and remarking wow i like that guy wow that guy was pretty impressive wow that i mean think about zay jones i know he's just what he's probably the fifth wide receiver sixth wide receiver on this football team but what a great guy right you heard him on Saturday, how humble he is, how smart he is, how intelligent he is. And he also put on a bit of a show, kind of um, building off the strong training camp that he's had. If that's your fifth or sixth wide receiver and he's got that kind of an attitude and that kind of a presence and that kind of perspective on what his role is on this team, how can you expect anything better than that? That's the perfect situation. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line, and there's a bunch of guys like Zay Jones on this team. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Joe is in L.A. How you doing, Joe? I'm good, thank you. Uh, just to piggyback on the word element, I am so looking forward to Saturday's game here at home in L.A. because it's L.A. is the Raiders' <laughs> home market as well. You know that. Oh, yeah. Um, but speaking on the element, what I wanted to do was talk about, you know, there was a huge fight uh, with the Rams and the Chargers, you know, and, and I hate that narrative to be that every time the Raiders come, there's going to be fights. We know that we're tough. We know that we're this strong Raider mentality. And what I would like to say as a little PCA is that as Raider fans, we should walk with that dignity that we are tough and we are strong and we don't need to fight, right? We, you know, you walk the walk and you talk the talk. We don't need to always try to prove that we're tough guys. And so let's keep the peace on Saturday. Root for your team. It's all about having fun. Having said that, I remember in 2018 when the Raiders came to the Coliseum, that was such a glorious time. We took over that whole Coliseum. I was and there. Yes, it wasn't a great, I mean, the one thing, I know you were still covering the Rams, but listen, the one thing I didn't realize was the Rams have this mantra that when they say whose house, they say Rams house. Not knowing that, it was so funny to me that in the Coliseum, when they led that charge, whose house, 
the whole college scene said Raiders, and that was so glorious. And see that Raider bus circle the Coliseum twice because they were so happy to see that all the LA Raider fans showed out and came to support the team. Joe, a uh, quick question for you. Uh, I was there uh, at the Coliseum. Uh, I want to say it was an afternoon game. Um, yeah, it was very, very hot. Uh, definitely hot. Uh, no question about it. It gets hot in Los Angeles. We all know that. But when you look, when you think about that, I know the the Raiders won that game, if I remember correctly. It was a preseason game, so you can't draw too many. Obviously, you, you don't want to make too much out of that. But when you remember and think back to that roster compared to where that roster is now, what I mean, better? What do you do? You feel better off about this roster than than it was when when the Raiders went to LA a couple a few years ago? Oh, definitely, it's night and day. You know, one of the things that you know Gruden's always been criticized about is getting rid of players. When you think about the players that they've gotten recently, they're high character guys. And you know what it reminds me of, Vinny being LA guy. It reminds me of what the Dodgers have done recently. Because we've gotten high character guys, not clowns in the in the Dodgers outfield, where everybody puts in. They they're proud to be a Dodger, just like with the Raiders. They're proud to be a Raider, and you see that with you know. Give me to give you a few examples, like Carl Nassib, uh Zay Jones. Um, you know, you hear those people talk, and you as a fan want to be part of this. You want to. You wish you were talented enough to be part of the team. And you hear that. But not only are they high-character guys, their play counters that. But they're such good players. They put in the work. They put in the hard time. And we're going to be such a great team moving forward. And as you put all the intangibles, like having this great facility in Vegas, I would have loved, you know, personally, I would have loved for them to come to back to L.A. But having said that, this was a golden opportunity. And I mean, I see nothing but great things moving forward. I appreciate the call, Joe, in Los Angeles, uh, and I will see you out there in Los Angeles on Saturday night. Don't be a stranger. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Eddie is in L.A. How you doing, Edward? How you doing there, Vinny? What a, what an atmosphere that must have been this weekend. I mean, I, I, I didn't get a chance to go to the game, but we talked a couple weeks back, and I told you that one of the secret things that nobody's really talking about is going to be how this stadium really going to be a fan, not only a fan favorite, but a, we're, we're really going to be the 12th man. You can talk about Seattle and other one, but how loud that place is going to get, I mean, it, it, you, you heard some of it come through to the telecast. Of course, I, we got to watch it on a delay, uh, but still, you could see it. Uh, the players flying around, fed off of it. That's the, that's the hidden factor that we didn't have last year that we're going to have this year. And on defense, I mean, Hobbs, Look at look at these guys knowing what they're gonna do. I mean, how many times last year did we sit in games and just be like, everybody was wondering what are you supposed to do? There was a couple plays I don't know if you noticed, but it looked like one of the players or two of the players weren't weren't in the exact position, and they were they 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 coached each other and right away fixed it. Did you notice that? On which play was that? That's early off in the game. Uh, it was uh, in the first series. I noticed uh, it was one of the defensive backs. He, he was in the wrong position, almost got caught, did it, but they were able to fix those. And same thing, same thing on the offensive line. The very first play when they they, they blew right past the uh, uh, it wasn't the left uh, tackle that gave up. I think it was the the left guard that it was right. the reason why there was sack Peterman, right? Yep, yep, uh, but exactly. But they cleaned it up 
right away it was cleaned up. It wasn't something that kept happening throughout the game uh, on that same side. So that's very encouraging when you're looking at backup players, rookie players, and they're seeing this and fixing it in real time. It, it was just, I know it's a preseason game, and a lot of people like to make too much of it and, and out of it if you lose or, or, or how you play. I look at it, it how they go from game to game. This Saturday, if it carries over and you see more, more of this focus after the ball, tackling, going, at, going, trying to punch the ball out. I mean, first game, right off the bat, you get a strip sack. I know I didn't count, but the mentality is there to go and punch the ball out on defense. We didn't have that last year. Yeah, and you know when it comes to preseason games, one of the things that I want to look at uh, always is just efficiency. Clean. Are you playing clean football? Um, are you playing sloppy? Are you making all kinds of mistakes? That's going to happen, you know. And and it's just the nature of the beast. But the cleaner you are, the more efficient you are. Uh, to me, that comes down to coaching and players just being into it. And I think that you know when you, when you talk about some of these young players and sort of the you know the, the 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 kind of veteran mentality that they have. John Gruden was talking about Nate Hobbs and how into everything he is, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's you know uh, in meeting rooms. Um, it, it, it he's always engaged. He's always professional. He always brings it, and I think that's. So it, it's it's across the board uh, with this Raiders team. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Butter. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was um, it was like a playoff game for me. It was, like, it was like one of the bigger games I've been in, just emotionally. You know, getting back to the real Raider atmosphere. Um, it's hard to replicate it's hard to describe i think there's going to be a lot of people that have a lot of fun coming to these games we got a good young team and uh the coaching doesn't screw it up we got a chance to keep getting better i'm with john gruden um i just there's something in the air here in las vegas uh and and we'll see what it means with wins and losses i'd be shocked if the raiders didn't have more wins than they had last year uh, and and planted them firmly in in the playoff uh, chase. I feel like that defense is headed in the right direction. We got to see it on the field, no question about it. But it's hard for me to believe that they're going to be as bad as they were last year or worse. I fully expect them uh, to be much better, much more competent, much more efficient. If we if if what we saw on Sunday or on Saturday against the Seattle Seahawks by a bunch of backup players uh, and players that to be honest with you, will be in the rotation. Uh, make no mistake about that. Uh, it, it, it just it just looked better, and it has looked better. It's a carryover from what we've been seeing in OTAs, from what we've been seeing uh, in training camp. It just looks better. And you throw that, the fact that, you know, John Gruden, hey, talking about we have a good young team, he's not going to say that if he didn't truly believe that, if he didn't, you know, completely see it. Uh, he's not going to put himself out there like that. He believes that this team has a bright future. He believes that this team has talent. And, you know, it's it's a cautious optimism 
there's work to be done. It's a journey. Every football season is a journey. And what we talked about uh, last week is that every NFL season unfolds the way it's going to unfold. There's obstacles up ahead that we can't see as we sit here today. There's challenges. There's adversity. There's injuries. Uh, there's there's uh, you know potholes that you're going to trip into. There's a lot of things that that happen in the course of an NFL season that you have to deal with and manage and mitigate. A lot of it is crisis management. Um, and I think the Raiders though are in a much better position now than they have been in a long time in dealing with things that happen in. There's going to be bad things that happen. There's going to be plenty of great things that happen, too. This team is too talented, too good not to have some tremendous moments. And uh, I think that there's going to be games where they win going away. I think with that defense being better, and I believe it will be, I think the offense being where it's at, and I think you're going to see, you know, uh, get a taste of how good this team is here pretty soon when you start seeing all the, you know, uh, star players uh, brought into the mix. There's going to be opportunities for some blowout wins. There's going to be some nail biters. There's going to be some crushing defeats. It's all going to happen. But I think that the Raiders are in such a much better position right now to deal with all of those things, the good and the bad. And I think that when you throw that aspect into the fact that it's going to be a fun atmosphere in Las Vegas. It's going to be different. It's going to be lively. It's going to have. It's going to be Las Vegas centric without question. I can already tell uh, that that's an element and a very very positive element that you're going to start seeing here at Allegiant Stadium. You're also going to have the history behind the Raiders uh, that's going to be expressed. You're going to have uh, the fans from all over the Bay Area, Los Angeles, Southern California. You're going to see. All of that kind of come together in this very, very unique way here in Las Vegas with Las Vegas as the backdrop. When you when, when you come to Allegiant Stadium and you look out to the north end of the building and it's a wide open you know, window to the strip and the freeway and you see the activity uh, out there and it's just kind of breathtaking in a lot of ways and you just realize that's Las Vegas out there. That's the strip uh, out there. And... Uh, and 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 it hovers over. You know where you are here in Las Vegas now at Allegiant Stadium. There's no escaping it. And it's such an electric city. It's such a uh, energized city that it's bound to transfer over to the stadium. And I think that it has a chance. The way the stadium is constructed. The way the acoustics are set up uh, uh, and the possibilities of, of, of great acoustics, you could already sense that this has a chance, this venue, this stadium, this fan base from all over to very local, it has a chance to be a difference maker. And I, I'm going to say this too, as the years unfold, I also think it's going to be a bit of a magnet for players. Um, that are going to come rolling into town and say, man, this is a pretty cool atmosphere. This is a pretty cool place. Uh, this is Las Vegas. You have all that's the epicenter of fun uh, in so many ways, but there's also beautiful neighborhoods and beautiful developments and communities. Uh, so you, you you get that sense without question. You go over to where the Raiders practice in Henderson and the surroundings there, uh, it's beautiful. It's new. You have plenty to do, plenty of restaurants. There's parks. 
there's there's places uh, to to hang out uh, if, if you want to do that. Great uh, places to hang out. Great places to raise a family. And of course, you know, then you go to Summerlin. Uh, same thing over on that side of town. Uh, and then right in the middle of it is, like I said, the epicenter of, of fun. This is going to be a drawing card. That stadium is going to be a drawing card. The atmosphere that the fans create is going to be a drawing card. It's going to be unmistakable, and players from other teams are going to notice it. They're going to pick up on that vibe. And how many times have we already talked to players that signed with the Raiders uh, this year? Uh, or, or in this last free agency, talking about how, yeah, I came here, you know, as a member of the Buffalo Bills or whoever it might have been. I'm like, whoa, you know, this is pretty cool. And that was without fans. Just seeing that stadium, driving by that stadium, understanding that's my home, that's where I get to play, and then seeing Henderson, wow, that's our practice facility. That's where uh, we go to work every day. It's just a whole great combination of things. And we got a taste of that Saturday, and I don't think that, It'll ever deviate from that. Now, the Raiders have to do their end of of things. They have to win, and they have to be entertaining and, and, and all of that. But I, but I think that they're on the verge of doing just that in a meaningful sort of a way. And um, so, you know, we'll see. But I, going back to what we were talking about in the, in the last uh, segment, you know, in terms of the, the, the people that they're bringing in and the, and the mandate that they've made to themselves where, hey, we're looking for good people. We're looking for people who care about football, who want to play, who love this sport, who love their teammates, who aren't going to be energy vampires. More and more, you're starting to see that element be so prevalent uh, with this team. And we'll see if it translates onto the field. I got to believe that it will because this is a pretty good looking team. From my vantage point, I want to say thanks uh, to Sam Gordon for joining us in the huddle. I want to say thanks to Paul Gutierrez from ESPN uh, for joining us in the huddle. Of course, Sam is with the uh, Las Vegas Review Journal, Vegas Nation, VegasNation.com. Want to thank all the listeners, all the callers. As usual, you guys brought the juice. Want to say thanks to Demond Cotton. Uh, appreciate you, brother. Want to say thanks to Embajador Tequila, uh, the great sponsor of, of In the Huddle. I'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, I'll be in Los Angeles at that point. So uh, getting ready to go to practice the following day, in the next two days, I'll have reports from the practices and obviously the game. Uh, you're in the huddle. Video Monster brought to you by uh, Embajador Tequila. Talk to you tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m.